glad to have you back on Mr. Stillman's Opus. I am Ben George. He's John Stillman, a Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor at Rosewood Wealth Management. And today, John, we're putting all of our attention towards life insurance. Whoa, get excited. <laughs> I know this is one that you've been hyped about for the last week. You've been emailing me nonstop about ideas and different things you, you want, want to talk about. Do you want about. me to do my uh, Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day? <laughs> Phil? <laughs> Phil, is that you? <laughs> Classic movie, by the way. One that whenever it's on, I'll stop and watch 10 or 15 minutes at least of it. Love it. Never gets old. Never gets old. Well, it's not Groundhog Day for us today because I don't think we've talked insurance for for a while. But the question is, do you need it after you retire? So, John, before we even jump into this, uh, life insurance, how often is this discussed? Is this pretty much common for everyone you're working with that, hey, they either have a life insurance policy that they're deciding on or thinking about whether or not they need to add one for retirement? Almost everybody who is approaching retirement asks me about it in some form or fashion, whether it's, we don't have any life insurance right now, but we probably don't need any, right? Or uh, should we just get rid of this life insurance? Or I should keep my life insurance, right? Like everybody realizes that as they're heading into retirement, it's a different phase of life and it's raising the question for them. Am I supposed to have this life insurance or should I just get rid of it? Yeah, cut out whatever expenses you you don't need, right? I mean, I guess that's kind of part of getting into retirement is thinking through that cash flow and and managing that. So this is one piece of that puzzle, which we will discuss today. We're going to give you some reasons why you may or may not need life insurance after you retire and and really lean on John to tell us whether or not they are legitimate reasons for life insurance. So it should be a good episode here today of the podcast. But if you have questions for John about life insurance or anything else within your financial and retirement planning, you can always go to meetwithjohn.com. Go ahead and schedule an appointment right there through the website. Get get on John's calendar and you'll be ready to rock and roll. All right, John. So these are some of the reasons people say you probably need life insurance or might need it. So I want you to tell me if these are legitimate or not. So what about final expenses? Is this a good idea to get life insurance to help kind of offset some of those costs or cover those altogether? So they have these final expense policies, which are really cheap life insurance policies that are going to have a death benefit of maybe $10,000 or $20,000 so that you know that there's enough money coming in to cover your funeral and burial and all that. So a lot of people like to have these policies because they say, well, I know that no matter what happens, my kids won't have to pay to bury me, which, okay, fine. But you could also just put that amount of money in a savings account that you never touch and know that they're going to have a bank account there that's Mm -hmm. part of your estate to pay for your expenses. So I've never really been too fond of the final expense policies. I think they're really probably geared toward people who are just so bad with money that they could never possibly have money set aside to know that their final expenses are covered. And if you're just constantly living month to month, paycheck to paycheck, even in retirement, then yeah, okay, maybe you need a policy like that to ensure that there's money there when you die because you're so incapable of handling a lump sum. But if you're not that person, ah, I don't really see a final expense policy being very necessary for you. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So depending on what your personality is and how you handle money, will help determine that answer. All right, what about income replacement? We've stopped working, right, in retirement. So logically, I would say, well, I should be fine. We don't have this... You know, a huge amount of money because we've been saving for a while and hopefully we're creating our income out of what we've saved. So do you need life insurance to help replace your income? Well, so this is easy for people to understand when they're still working. Yeah. Okay. If my paycheck goes away, my family needs some money to make up for that, to make sure that they're not bankrupt. 
Well, when you say, all right, I'm in retirement. I no longer have a paycheck. I don't need it for income replacement, right? Well, hold on now because you do have paychecks, whether you have a pension that is going to go away or not. Like, let's say you're getting $2,500 a month from a pension with no spousal continuation benefit on it. If you die, your spouse loses all that income. Well, we might need some life insurance to offset that fact. Or if you say, well, I took the spousal benefit, so I only took $2,100 a month. So if I die, my spouse is still going to get $2,100 a month. So we're good, right? Well, maybe on that component. But at the very least, there's going to be a social security benefit that goes away. The remaining spouse is going to keep the larger of the two social security benefits. And so maybe that's an income drop that is sustainable and they don't need life insurance to cover it. But if it's a big part of your income plan, then yeah, maybe we do need life insurance in there. If you're single, that much easier to not have to worry about the income replacement aspect of it because there's nobody else in the household relying on your paychecks. So these are the kinds of things we have to take into account. Uh, But yeah, there are definitely times where I say, yes, we do need some amount of life insurance in your case because you already claimed that pension with no spousal benefit or you know whatever the thing is. Okay, so could be a legitimate reason for someone to need life insurance. Fair enough. Legitimate or not, John, paying off your debt. Is this a good reason for life insurance? I'm hopefully most people aren't carrying a whole lot of debt, so the answer would be no. But is this a legitimate reason? Well, so this kind of falls in the same bucket to me as the the final expense discussion. Okay. If you you're financial situation is such a mess that there's a risk of you dying at a fairly advanced age and you still have some debt. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we need to have some life insurance to take care of it, but also keep in mind that what you own stands good against what you owe. So if you have several hundred thousand dollars in assets and you owe some money on a car and a credit card, Well, your beneficiaries are going to be able to take that money from your estate and pay off your debt. And so it's not like they're going to have to come up with money out of their pocket to pay your debts. That's all going to be handled as part of the settling of the estate. So that's one thing to consider. The other thing is if you say, well, I'm not going to have any money and I'm going to owe a lot of money on my house. Well, again, the house is presumably worth more than what you owe on it. They can sell the house they can pay off the mortgage and then take whatever the difference is. Now, if it's the kind of thing where you know that they're not even going to be able to make the mortgage payments long enough to sell the house, okay, again, hmm. now maybe we do need some life insurance. So you, you see how we, we have to take this on a case-by-case basis. What's your situation? What's your family's situation? And let's decide, do we need life insurance here or not? But generally speaking, I would not look at paying off debt as a reason to have life insurance in retirement. All right, we're talking about whether or not you do need life insurance in retirement. If you want to follow up with anything we've talked about or have further questions about any of these different reasons or might have a different reason of your own, meetwithjohn.com is a website to visit. All right, uh, what about some maybe some planning strategies involved with life insurance, one being maybe estate planning and the tax efficiencies that could come with it? Well, so it is true that life insurance death benefits pass to the beneficiaries tax-free. It does not matter how much it is. It doesn't matter what the income of the beneficiary is. Life insurance always goes to the beneficiary with no taxes. That dates way back to the Great Depression. 
when life insurance companies were the ones that essentially bailed out the federal government because these were huge, very stable companies, very solvent companies. Mm -hmm. They bailed out the federal government, and the deal was, all right, from this point forward, life insurance will pass the beneficiaries tax-free. That has remained the case, and it will remain the case because the life insurance industry has a pretty strong lobby. So I can't foresee a situation where that changes. So if it's a very high net worth estate and we're worried about estate taxes, then yeah, maybe having some money in life insurance to pass on tax-free adds some nice tax-free income to the beneficiaries. Having said that, if you're below the federal threshold for estate tax, which right now is more than $10 million. So if you're leaving an estate of a couple of million, they're not going to pay federal estate taxes on your estate anyway. So there's really no difference in life insurance versus just money in investments that you pass on to them, other than maybe a little bit of probate costs that you might incur with the investments that you wouldn't incur with the life insurance. Having said that, just because the threshold for federal estate tax is so high today doesn't mean they can't change it. It used to be like $5 million, and they raised it a couple of years ago. Well, it could always come back down, maybe even below $5 million. So it's possible that what you think is a tax-free or generally a tax-free estate today may not be in 20 years. And then also we have to factor in state estate taxes, which is kind of a difficult thing to say, state estate taxes. Um, North Carolina does not have any state estate taxes, but Connecticut, New York, Massachusetts, states like that do. So we have to factor all that, that in as well. Maybe in those cases, life insurance makes sense to make the estate more tax efficient. Okay. Well, as we talk about planning and thinking about expenses in retirement, you know, obviously long-term care comes up in that. So is there a way... John, and this is the reason some people throw out there, hey, life insurance and having a life insurance policy could be maybe a way to cover long-term care. Is that possible? Yeah. So this is an approach we've used a reasonable number of times with clients where it makes sense. So the thing that people don't like about long-term care insurance is basically two things, right? One is the use it or lose it aspect of it, where if I don't ever go into the nursing home, I don't ever get any benefit for all that money that I paid in to the policy all those years. Which is true. That Also, that is kind of the essence of insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're taking a risk that you will one day need that coverage. And if you don't, you paid those premiums for nothing other than the peace of mind of knowing that you had coverage. So that's one thing people don't like. The other thing people don't like is the fact that you can pay on a policy for 10 years or 15 years. And then right when you're old enough, that you might be about to go into the nursing home, they raise your premiums. And now it might be an amount that you can't or don't want to pay to keep that policy in place. So they priced you out of the policy right before it was time to use it or possibly need it. So the life insurance hack here is that there are life insurance policies that have what's called an accelerated death benefit, which doesn't sound so sexy, Some people call it a living benefit, which is a more informal way of saying the same thing. But essentially what it says is you can use that life insurance death benefit while you're still alive to pay for long-term care needs. So 
let's just suppose that some weird life circumstances have unfolded and you and I are living together as two cranky old men. <laughs> a lot of things went wrong and we had to move in with each other when we were 82. Okay. Well, you're significantly older than me, right? <laughs> so I'm 82. That would make you like 84 or 85. Right. Exactly. So I'll be 40. Older. I'll be 40 in a month. I'm trying to feel better about it by knowing that you're a couple <laughs> years older than me. Feels, feels, feels very similar, John, just to give you a little heads up. Not yeah, much good to know. Good to know. So we're living together. Let's assume we have some kind of dependency on each other and you want to leave money to me. Well, I might say, here's what we're going to do, Ben. Uh, we're going to take out a life insurance policy on you. If you have to go into life insurance, if you have to go into a long-term care facility, we have this $200,000 death benefit on you. They're going to let me use that death benefit. Let's say 50000 a year. I can pull from it to go toward your long-term care expenses. And then let's say we use it for two years, you die. Well, there's 100,000 left that passes on to me. Or if you never touch it at all, that death benefit is still there. So this eliminates the use it or lose it aspect of long-term care insurance because you're gonna get that money one way or the other. Either your beneficiaries are going to get that death benefit just like they would with any normal life insurance, or you're going to use the death benefit while you're still around to pay for your care. So that solves the use it or lose it issue. It solves the pricing out of the policy issue because you enter into a contract with that life insurance company. The premium is what it is. It can't change as long as you pay your premiums every year at the agreed upon rate. So that's sort of a hack to help us get around the things that people don't like about long-term care insurance. Okay. Good to know. All right. Last, last reason here, John, I want to discuss with you about whether or not uh, life insurance is needed in retirement. Is there a way to generate tax-free income by using life insurance? There is. Uh, I think it gets probably oversold in most cases. Generally, the people that I find that are most excited about using life insurance as a tax-free income vehicle in retirement are just people who are trying to sell a lot of life insurance because that's what their business model is based on. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm not saying it's an illegitimate approach. I just think more often than not, there are other or possibly better ways that you can do the same thing uh, without going the life insurance route. So essentially what you're doing is you're overfunding a cash value life insurance policy so that down the road in the future, you can then borrow money from that cash value that you've built up. And when you borrow from your own life insurance cash value, you're pulling that money out tax-free. So that's in a nutshell, how it works. Again, it's perfectly legitimate. That is how you can do it. It's just for most people, it seems unnecessary and probably not a fit for most people. Having said that, we've, we've done it in a couple of situations, usually in, in higher net worth kind of situations. Um, so there are times where it makes sense. I just don't think it's an across-the-board solution that everybody needs to be thinking about. Okay. Worth discussing, though, potentially with your advisor. If you have a question on any of these things, that could be a reason for you maybe, but hopefully this clears up whether or not they are legitimate reasons for life insurance in retirement. You may or may not need it, but the best way to find out is to work with someone like John, who is a chartered retirement planning counselor. You can find him online at rosewoodwealthmanagement.com, but you can also get on his calendar. Just go to meetwithjohn.com. Very easy, meetwithjohn.com. Pick a time that works for you. And John, for anybody that does that and finds a time on their calendar that works, what happens next? Well, so we can get together on the phone, on Zoom, if you want to 
want to come out to the farm and meet in person, that works too. It's really what's the most convenient for you. And you can bring as much or as little information as you like to that initial conversation. Uh, for most people, I'm going to send them the financial inventory to fill out, bring in with them. That can kind of lead our discussion. Other people, it's more just a philosophical discussion. Just want to get together, kind of talk about goals and various approaches without really getting to specific numbers. That's fine too. Uh, really, whatever is easiest for you, we can talk about in that first visit. Have you? Uh, do you have enough eggs on the farm now that we're sending everyone home with a dozen eggs? Man, our chickens are not laying much right now. Really? We were getting like 20 a day for a while, and yeah. now we're getting like four a day. Oh. And we have 25 chickens that should be like. It's mostly the hot weather. They don't love sitting in the coop laying eggs when it's hot. Can understand that. So hopefully it'll pick back up soon. Okay. Maybe in the fall you can think about that. All right. Very good, John. Thanks for uh, taking us through life insurance. I know... Not a topic that everybody's excited to discuss, but I think one that you know can could be a tool in the in the arsenal for retirement. And hopefully, this laid out some legitimate reasons, and maybe not why life insurance is or isn't necessary for you in retirement. So, again, thanks for being a part of the podcast. Hit subscribe wherever you listen. John, we'll do it again soon. Talk to you then. Carolina Wealth Stewards doing business as Rosewood Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor in the state of North Carolina. The material presented is intended to be general information and should not be construed by any consumer as the rendering of personalized investment advice. 